This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Agatavach, everyone. Thank you so much for the honor of hosting me this evening. I was asked to speak about the subject of raising successful children. Not that I know anything about that. Um, but let's try to take a look at one of the episodes in this week's parasha to try to glean some insights. Um, and some of these insights may seem quite novel and quite progressive. And we're going to find that some of the most progressive ideas in Chinuch HaBanim actually are from the most ancient of origins, from really Rashi himself. And at first glance, it's going to seem that it's almost impossible to say such a thing. And on the other hand, the collective information that we're going to gather from Rashi's that I believe we're all familiar with will be so compelling, it's going to challenge us really to take a, another look at Chinuch um, HaBana. the Rav Shlita, thank you so much for the warm introduction, and Urmavarech, the Rav, and the whole Kehila, Bezos Hashem, with continued Siyata Deshmaya, so, we know Rivka Yimenu tells Yaakov Avinu, okay, you got to pull off the stunt, you're going to have to masquerade as Esav, and you're going to have to take uh, the Berchas Yaakov. And uh, this was very uh, antithetical to the whole makeup of Yaakov Avinu. Yaakov Avinu is the Isha Emes, and Rivka says, don't worry, I'll like Bani, I take it on my own shoulders. And when Yaakov finally puts on the Ace of Costume and he's standing in front of his father and his father feels him, but his father knew that uh, there's something suspicious over here. You know? <laughs> there's something very fishy over here. And that is, he says, And Rashi points out that there are two major differences between the way Yaakov Avinu spoke and the way Esav spoke. Yitzhak says, how do you get here so fast? So Yaakov says, Ki hikra the Almighty gave me siyata d'shmaya. Yitzhak said, what? Esau, what, what happened to you? You know, you're flipping, you flipped that or something? Why are you, why are you mentioning God's name? And then <coughs> Yaakov says, Komna, please get up. And Esau would just say, Yaakovavi. Esau was very impolite. And Yitzhak was in a quandary. He feels him, he listens to him, and he makes the executive decision, this must be Esau, and he gives the bracha. There's another difference between the way Yaakov spoke and the way Esav spoke, and this difference is not discussed in Rashi. And this is a startling difference. And this is pointed out, pointed out by none other than the Chassam Soifer. And the Chassam Soifer says that difference is that Yaakov spoke to his father second person, like you talk to your friend. He said, Komna, get up. Get up. And Esav said, Yaakov Avi, will the Tata get up? Will the father get up? Third person, the way you speak to your Rav, you don't say you, of course. You say, well, the Rav, well, the Rebbe, well, the Rosh Hashiva. But you speak to your Rabbi in third person. And Esav spoke to his father in third person. Yaakum Avi, will the father get up? And Yaakov spoke to him directly, like you talk to your friend. Kumna, get up. And it would seem in this vein that Yaakov Avinu had less respect for his father than did Esav Arasha. Says Rav Nassim Adler that he heard from his great Rebbe, who is the Rebbe of the Chassam Soifer. Rav Nassim Adler. 
Who is Rav Nassim Adler's Rebbe? Chief Rabbi of England. Rav Tevela Shif, buried right here. You know that? Nassim Adler's Rebbe was Rav Tevela Shif. Who is Rav Tevela Shif's Rebbe? Pnei Yehoshua. Anyway, the Chassam Sofer quotes from Chassid Shabbat Rav Nassim Adler. That that's exactly right. Yaakov and Esav speak differently to their parents because Jews and Gentiles speak differently to their parents. Because in the Gentile world, there's a generation gap, there's a disconnect between child and parent. And therefore they stand at a distance and they say, Will the parent get up? Yaakov avi. Because there's no connection, there's a distance between child and parent. But in the Jewish world, there's such a closeness, there's such a warmth, there's such a friendship between a child and a parent that we don't allow ourselves to speak to our parent in. Third person, we say, Kumna, like you talk to your, to your friend, says Chassam Seifer. Because in Judaism there's a concept, Baramazaka Abba. A child brings merit to the parent. In Judaism, there's a concept, the child is the leg of the parent. This is a very important concept. Why do we say the child is the leg of the parent? Because we know that after 120, once a person passes on, whatever mitzvahs they've accumulated, plateaus. You can never perform another mitzvah in one's life. Even the Vilna Goyen, on his deathbed, he cried that in another moment he can never put on a pair of tzitzis and fulfill a mitzvah again. He will then, for all time, be considered an oimed, a stationary entity. Only a human being who's alive is a hoylech, who could go mechayel el chayel. But if somebody leaves a son, a daughter, a grandchild who continues to do mitzvahs, they become the legs of the parent and allow the parent to be a hoylech even in oilam haba. Therefore, says Achsam Soif in the name of his Rebbe, in Klal Yisrael there's such a friendship between child and parent, we don't speak to our parent in third person. Now, <clears throat> you say, okay, fine, I could live with that. So we see from Achsam Soif and Rashi that friendship is a dimension of parenthood. It's one of the job's descriptions of being a parent. In other words, if we were to define what is the main job description of being a parent, and this is going to be very challenging here in England, instructor, teacher, guide, role model, and friend. Now, that's not what I'm getting at. That's granted already. We are tonight going to revolutionize the job description of parent. Let's analyze another comment of Rashi. In Parshas Re'eh, <coughs> we encounter <coughs> the worst Aveira in the Torah. Anybody know what is the very worst Aveira in the Torah? To be a mesis. To uh, seduce someone to sin. Because then you're like the snake, you're like the nachash. So the Pasuk says in Re'eh, Ki if your brother seduces you, Beni Mecha, the son of your mother, Oy Bincha, or your own son, Oy Bitcha, or your daughter, Oy Eishas or your wife, Oy Reacha Asher or your best friend. Wow, did you know that the Torah actually describes an individual who is called your best friend? Who, who is the guy? Who is this person? Who is your best friend in this world? You know, your best man, your best lady, your roommate from high school, who is your best friend in this world? Listen to Rashi, because Rashi, by the way, was an Orthodox rabbi. And Rashi says, Asher kenafshecha, you know who your best friend is? Avicha, your father, your parent. 
In other words, if you're a great dad, you're a breadwinner, you're a great mom, you bring home parnasa, and you keep your kids clean, and you take them to the doctor, and you're even a good role model, but you're not really friendly with your kids, according to Rashi, you are not fulfilling your role as parent. It's not me. Don't blame it on me. This is a Rashi and Chumash. And it's not the only Rashi. I'm going to share with you three more Rashis that every single time Rashi discusses parenting, he makes the same point. And I'm not even the one who brings it out from Rashi. And the evidence is going to be so overwhelming that definitely will cause us to take another look at an approach that maybe we haven't visited. Let me take you to Parshas Vayigash. So Yosef HaTzadik is finally reunited with his brothers after 22 years. And they weren't really that nice to him. You know, it's really not so nice to take your brother and throw him into a pit with deadly snakes and scorpions. You know, I know brothers roughhouse and they could throw pillows at each other. But to take your brother and to throw him into a pit with snakes and scorpions and then to testify that he died and you slaughter a sheep and pour the blood on his coat, it's really not so nice. <laughs> and uh, they thought he was dead. And 22 years later, Yosef says, Hey guys, how you doing? It's me, I'm Yosef. Is dad still alive? So they thought that he was going to kill them. And Yosef uh, saw that they were nervous, and he said, "Guys, don't sweat it. Viata loy atem shelachtem oisihena. You didn't send me here. You weren't the ones to send. Kihoa like him. God sent me here. Vayisimeni leav leparai. God made me paroi's father. Now, does that make any sense? Did Yosef become Paro's father?" <coughs> Remember what Rashi says? Because what does this mean over here? That Yosef was an Av Leparai. Says Rashi, Av Lechover Ulepatroin. I became Paro's friend and patron. That means Rashi is saying the definition of parent is Chaver. So you say, no, Rashi just means in this context, under these circumstances, in this situation. Yeah, that's what I would have said. Says Rav Shimon Schwab in his commentary to the Chumash, Rashi is defining what a parent is. Rashi for all eternity, and Rashi, as we mentioned, was an Orthodox rabbi. Rashi is defining... So that's a question we have to ask ourselves. Are we good parents? The barometer is, are we our kids' best friend in this world? Are we our kids' number one advocate? Are we our kids' number one supporter? That's all. It's Rashi. Says Rav Shimon Schwab, there's another Rashi that makes the same point. This coming week's parasha, parasha's Vayetze. Yaakov is running away from Lavan. And uh, finally, um, Yaakov's father-in-law catches up with him. What are you going to do when your father-in-law catches up with you? You've got to sit down and have a meal with your father-in-law. There's no choice. So Yaakov Avinu, they dine and they have a meal 
And Yaakov uh, needs some stones. So he has to call some people to gather the stones. Vayoymer Yaakov le'echov. Yaakov Avinu calls his brothers. Hey, Yaakov Avinu didn't have any brothers. He had one brother, Esav, and he ain't calling Esav to gather stones for him. Esav's coming with 400 guys to destroy him. Says Rashi, who are these mysterious brothers of Yaakov? Haim Banov. His brothers are his children. Says the Chidah, you know what we see from Rashi? That if you want to have peace in your family, and you have adult teenage children, do not treat your children like they're your children. Treat them like you're, they're your brothers. And then, Chidah says, you want to have peace in your family? You don't have to follow my advice. You think this is new vogue, progressive? No problem. You could have chaos in your house. No problem. But if you want to have shalom v'shalva in your house, then follow the advice of Rabban Shalkol Yisrael, Rashi HaKadosh, throughout Chamishay Chomshay Torah, that the definition of parenthood is friendship. And Yaakov treated his children like they were his brothers, and that is why he was so successful in raising 12 tzaddikim. So he said, whoa, this is pretty uh, new vogue attitude. You haven't heard nothing yet. I want to tell you, possibly, the most revolutionary observation perhaps I've ever heard. This comes from Rav Gamliel, Rav Gamliel Rabinovich, leading Mekobol today, Mashpia today, also an Orthodox rabbi. And this is a simple Pasuk in Chumash that I, I must have read hundreds of times. I never picked up on this. Also a Rashi. Okay, we're going to go back to the Akedah. was after these matters. Avraham, I love. Avraham, Hineni. Behold, here I am. What does the word Hineni mean? Rashi says, Lashon Anava. The Lashon Ziman, a Lashon of humility and preparedness to fulfill the building of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Avraham Avinu was humbling himself before the Almighty. Avraham Avinu then goes with Yitzchak. He's headed to Hara Maria to do, to do the Akedah. And Yitzchak's getting a little suspicious because he doesn't see the Ayel. Vayoymer Yitzchak el Avraham Aviv. Vayoymer. Avi? Dad. What's going on over here? Vayoymer! You know what Avraham says to Yitzchak? Hineni b'ni! Behold, here I am. Says Ram Gamliel, I understand Hineni when Avraham is talking to the Almighty God. He's humbling himself before the Rebbe Shalom. But the same language of humility that Avraham Avinu uses in front of the Almighty, he's using in front of his son. Is Avraham speaking to his son with humility and submissiveness? As if he's ready to fulfill the bidding of his son, is Avraham Avinu humbling himself before his son the way he humbles himself before God? Says Rab Gamliel Rabinovich, we see from Rashi that the same way one has to humble themselves before Hakadosh Baruch Hu, one needs to speak to their children with humility. Says Rab Gamliel Rabinovich, there is no doubt that the reason Avraham was successful in producing someone of the caliber of Yitzchak Avinu is because he showed kavoy to Yitzchak Avinu. 
He showed respect. He valued Yitzchak Avinu. Says Ram Gamliel, if you don't believe me and you don't want to take this approach, I've been dealing with teenagers for many decades. Ram Gamliel specializes in teens at risk. He says the number one cause of troubled teens is they feel inside a lack of value from their parents. That's the number one cause, he writes. I'm not an expert. I'm just telling you what he writes. That if you want to learn how to deal with adult children, you have to follow the advice of Rashi and Avraham Avinu. And as hard as it may be, and as difficult as it sounds, Avraham Avinu is teaching us that the same way we have to humble ourselves before a God, you have to humble yourselves before your adult children. And it takes a lot of humility to speak that way. And I'm going to tell you something that Ram Gamliel wrote, and I could not believe he wrote it. To me, it sounds like heresy. To the extent that in the new edition of Tiv HaTorah, they took it out. I'm going to tell you what it, what it said. Ram Gamliel said that his mother told him, and I believe his mother told him this. Now, you have to take it with a few grains of salt, because it can't be taken literally. But his mother would say that in this generation, if the Torah was written, which is already heresy, the Torah would not have said, honor your father and mother. The Torah would have said, honor your son and daughter. Now, you have to understand in the context that that, that was offered and what that means. And the point he's trying to make, obviously children have to recognize that the parent is the authority figure and the teacher and the guide. But if you want to be able to have them accept you as the authority and accept you as a role model and be makabel, the parent, as the guide, it has to be through the medium of friendship. I'm going to tell you the advice of another Orthodox rabbi, Rav Shach, Yevir Rav Shach, Panovich. He was also right-wing rabbi. They, um, they asked Rav Shlomo Zalman, if Rav Shach, if when you see him you make the bracha, Shecholak he said, on Rav Shach there's one bracha you definitely make. Rav Shach was a very powerful individual. And uh, parents once came to him to ask advice about um, a difficult teenager. And Rav Shach said, there's a very big mistake today. That parents think it's their responsibility to make sure the kid davins and learns and observes mitzvahs. So that used to be the case that parents had dual responsibility. They had to be the caretaker of the child and they had to be the rebbe of the child. Now those two roles, parent and rebbe, are conflicting roles. The Gemara says that a rebbe has to inspire fear into the Talmidim. Call any student that doesn't sit in front of the Rebbe and their mouth is dripping with sweat and tears, that's not the proper environment. So the Rebbe has to inspire fear and the parents have to um, instill love into the child. Says Rabbi Shach, that was back in the day before they had yeshivas. Once Rabbi Shua ben Gamla came along and he established yeshivas in every city in Klal Yisrael, the parents give over the role of Malame to the teacher and the yeshiva, and the parents have one job and one job only. To shower the kid with love. Again, that's Rav Shach. He's an Orthodox rabbi. Would we have expected that from Rav Shach? But this is what Rashi says throughout the Chumash. It's a very eye-opening idea. It should be an idea that should cause us to revisit our approach and our attitude in general. 
and I invite you to discuss it with your personal maraderech, and I give the Rav the hard job of, of guiding you how to employ this lamaisa, and I conveniently return back to the United States of America. <laughs> but I think it's worthwhile to know some of the makairais of the, the Torah's viewpoint on parenthood and chinuch, and uh, it's a lifetime of learning how to apply it lemaisa. If I could share with you one other very important dimension of chinuch habanim. In the aftermath of the establishment of the state of Israel, there were many Rashi yeshivas who were not successful in bringing up their children al derech Very, very many of them. And the briskarov was sort of renowned that all of his boys were loim de toira yirei shamayim, and he was sort of the envy of the gedolim because they used to come and visit him, and he was sitting around the table, and all the boys were, you know, on board. They were all with the program. And they said, Briskarov, what's the secret? What, what is your chinuch methodology? And the Briskarov said, there no, there's no methodologies, there's no secret, there's no methods. All there is is tehillim and tears. Says the Briskarov, never in my life did I go one dry-eyed Shemayna Esrei that I didn't cry that my children should go up to be Yerei Shamayim and Bali Midas Now the Briskarov, you wouldn't expect to be this emotional fountain of endless demise, he said, you know, some parents, how do they rock their children to sleep? They sing inane nursery rhymes about kids going up a hill and coming crashing down, becoming decapitated. And the parents wonder why the kid wakes up in the middle of the night in nightmares screaming, because the last thing they heard is some guy broke his head open that you sang to him. Says the briskarov, I don't sing nursery rhymes to my kids. I cry and I say to Hillam, and when I put them to sleep, that they should grow up to be God-fearing Jews. Says the Mishnah Avaim. It should be fluent in the mouth of a father and mother, tefillahs for the children. Now, the Mishnah Burah identifies specific spots in the davening that one should be misfile for the children. When you say, that's one key spot. In Ahava Rabbah, when you say Vesein Belibenu Lahavinu Lahaskil, one should have in mind their children. When you say Inuvalatsiyoin, Laman Loi Niga, Larik, Vloi Neled Labahala, should have in mind much children. But there are many, many spots. In Moidim, Ladar Vadar Nesapra Tilasacha, we say, There are many, many spots. It doesn't have to be at a specific spot in the davening. The Mishnah says it should be shagor in your path, which means every time you drive a carpool and you're waiting in traffic, that should be the go-to, the default tefillah that you offer to Rebbe You drop your kids off at soccer. You're going to the store. This is something that's part of the routine of a parent. You're walking to Shul. You're walking home from Shul. This is something that is done throughout the day, every single day of one's life, and it never ever stops, not when your kids are married, not when they could be grandparents, and this is still the responsibility of a parent. You know, they came to the stipler, and they said to the stipler, you know, um, they asked for an Eitzah in Chinuch Habanim, and the stipler said, Eitzah? There are no Eitzahs. All there is, is Tehillim and tears. You see my son Chayimul over here. Every day I pray that Chayimol should be a God-fearing Jew. Chayimol was already 52 years old, one of the Gedoyle Hadar. A few years after that, 
Rucham Knievsky used to learn with the stipler every afternoon. And he came to the stop. He said, this afternoon I can't learn with you. I promised. I never am a vatil seder. But there is a yasoi marrying a yasoima. And they have no one to marry them off. And I have to go to the wedding to Ms. Amea Chosan Makala. Okay, you step us, okay. So they both have in Mencha. And Rav Chaim, before he goes to the wedding, he wants to just say goodbye to his father. And he sees his father is davening and davening like 10, 15, 20 minutes more than he usually davens. And he's wailing, he's crying. And Rav Chaim goes over and he says, everything okay? He says, no, my whole life I'm davening that you should be a loymei Torah and what, look what's happened to you today. So this is a responsibility on every parent, grandparent. It's a lifelong occupation. It's never too early, and it's never too late. It's the primary responsibility of the parents. Says Volba, we know that if somebody kills B'Shoigeg, they have to stay into the R.A. Miklat until the Kayin Gadol dies. What, what, do, what does their killing B'Shoigeg got to do with the Kayin Gadol? Because it was the responsibility of the Kayin Gadol to pray that under their watch, nothing bad happens. And nobody kills anybody B'Shoigeg. That there shouldn't be any mishap when he's a Kayin Gadol. So therefore we put him in the situation where now when somebody kills B'Shoigeg, that guy is praying that the Kayin Gadol should, should end up dying. So we see, says Rav Vobah, that it's the responsibility of a Kayin Gadol to pray for everyone under his domain. Because he's the leader of the Jewish people. So he is achroi. He has the responsibility to daven. Says Ravobah of the Kohen Gadol is responsible to daven. For every single Jew that no mishap should occur under his watch, then all the more so, the responsibility rests on every parent's shoulders to pray that their children be successful. They should be Yerei Shomayim, Bali Midois Toivois, they have for learning. And we only hope and pray that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us the wisdom and the siyata d'shmaya to bring up our children in the proper way and that all our tefillahs should be neskabel barachamim uvaratzayin and Yibam should bless us all with the nachas that we hope for, that we daven for. We should all be zoicha, banim uvnei banim, oiskim atar v'mitzvahis, agotavach. Thank you so much. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.